When you try to set your line up, but you don't know what to do. You can't make your mind up, need someone to turn to. We've got your back, we've got the stats, we'll help you block out all the haters. For fantasy football help, call 25 yards later. Welcome into another episode of the 25 Yards Later Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Nick Luciano. And I am Elijah Motika. And we have finally made it. It is playoff time in fantasy football. Um, I made it in every league that wasn't the Dynasty Leagues, which were disasters. Yeah, and I only made it in a Dynasty League. It was heartbreaking stuff for me and my two redraft leagues. I needed, in our league of record, as we talked about, I either needed my brother to beat Tyler or me to outscore Nick by whatever it was, 59.8 points. You also needed me to lose. Right. I also needed you to lose. So you did not lose. I also needed to win, which I did not do. I put up my worst performance ever this season, which is saying something since I had a stretch of going 0-5. My brother did not beat Tyler. And Nick, you outscored me by like almost fifty nine point eight points. <laughs> uh, so if if I've learned anything, it's to not tempt the future past gods. That when you do, Ben Skoranek will have a career day, and not only that, the fantasy football deities will make sure that the entirety of your team plays poorly as well uh so i i learned that so congratulations to you on securing your playoff berth and um in my other league it, i needed a bunch of stuff to happen one of them was for me to win and i was going up against the best player or the, the top team in the league and i scored like 148 points and they scored like 153 points and then i needed two other teams to lose and one of them lost but the other did not. So I'm going to, in our league of record, going to do my best to win my money back and take home the the loser's bracket trophy. And the other league, I've got nothing to play for. But in our dynasty league, in uh, the league formerly known as Bob's, I've got a shot. <laughs> I, I stumbled uh, in. Yeah, so in league of record, I... I... I, have a I don't team necessarily think. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that it's a championship roster. It has been doing better lately. Um, uh, although it's mostly held together by like duct tape and paper clips, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I at least had a very nice performance. As you said, I outscored you by like almost sixty points this last week, which means that I had a pretty good week on top of you having a pretty yep. bad week so um but like there, there are nice pieces uh jalen hurts is definitely the best one and then kind of just a lot of guys yeah um i don't anticipate that this to be a very long uh playoff appearance for me but um as essentially the tom brady of this league where i almost <laughs> always seem to be uh in the championship or winning the championship um 
you know, it's okay to have an off year. Well, I was more going to just say that all I need to do is be in the the party to Mm. get a chance to dance. So that's true. Um, If you beat this team, I think you just win because Tyler's (laughs) team is so scary. I'm already projected to lose by 20 with a full roster and uh, pretty much all of my decisions having been made. Uh Uh, So that's less than ideal. Yeah. Um, But hey, I I have two work leagues and um, the one one or two seed in one of them. Um, So I have a good chance of winning that one. Also have a fairly strong team in the other, but um, it's very strange. There are, I think, like four 10-win teams in that league. Um, Now, this, let's see, is it this week? Who do I have this week? Ooh, yay. I have a, oh, well, so I at least am winning this week. If I don't win this week, guys, (laughs) just, uh, this might be it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um i am up against someone it just so we establish and i tweeted out this person in the standings earlier today and their story but just so we know just how ridiculous and like goofy this game is that we we play um my opponent this week finished the season at 10 and 4 they auto drafted mm. to the best of my that I can tell. Never made a single lineup change. <laughs> mm. Um, and uh, hasn't it hasn't even worked here for a long time. <laughs> like, like uh, th- there are a couple of layoffs early in our in the fantasy Yikes. season, and uh, so like back in. I don't know, September. <laughs> wow. Um, so has literally not even looked at their roster, finished 10 and four and like scored 35 fewer points than me on the yeah. year. Now, the reason why I say that hopefully I am able to pull this one off is because they have Kyler Murray. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the thing the thing is, if you're going to have a team that you don't ever check your lineup for, listen to this lineup. This isn't a 12-team league. This is a lineup that, again, they have not changed a single time this year. Mm-hmm. A- and, like, you, but you could see how this lineup would just end up being 10-4. and four. Kyler Murray. The running backs, Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley. Pretty solid. Wide receivers AJ Brown and Jalen Waddell. Um, tight end TJ Hawkinson. Mm. Flex Travis Etienne. Ooh. Tyler Bass and the Denver Broncos defense. Yeah, that's a great draft. I wish <laughs> I had that draft. I probably would not have gone ten and four though. I would have tinkered too much and gone like eight and whatever the math is, eight and six. So. Um, luckily they have, they're starting off the, the week with a big fat zero at quarterback. So Aha, serves them right. So 
Uh, right now, I have Geno Smith against the 49ers. Yikes. Um, hopefully, that went well. <laughs> uh, you will know when this episode comes out if that went well. <laughs> Is it future or past? Um, but... Yeah, that's that's how my leagues are going. I do have one more. Uh, that's a casual league. I think I'm the one or two seed in that one. Um, so that one is looking pretty good as well. Although I did start the season a lot stronger than I ended it, but um, did still finish. Uh, let's see, where are we? Great podcasting. Yeah. Um, where even is my team? Oh, I have a bye this week. I think mm, that that'd do it. So, uh, eleven and three, the two mm. seed. Wow, that's pretty solid. That is pretty solid. Yeah. Well, all of my playoff hopes are going to be, you know, for the dynasty league, and then for you, obviously, because if I can't win oh, the league, then well, I want you, you to win the league. So. Uh, I may also pay a little bit more, a little bit more attention to uh some daily fantasy since I don't have quite as much to play for, but that's how it goes sometimes. Um I will say there looked like there were some good values at wide receiver this week. Eight, uh Amon Ross St. Brown still only <laughs> now obviously he didn't explode this last week, but dropped <laughs> in price. No way. <laughs> Yeah, he went to down to twenty six dollars from twenty seven. Well, um, people gotta stay tuned for that uh, I, waiver or that uh, daily fantasy thread on Sunday morning. At this point, you just have to know that Amon Ra St. Brown, if he's healthy, he is probably the leading wide receiver on that on that list. So, um, but I. Yeah, the, the, I think it'll be a good week for for some bargains. Oh. We will get into though maybe the most egregious overprice that I have ever seen in the speed round. Um, I can't wait. You've already gotten a preview of it, but <laughs> the listeners have not. Um, anyways, that's ten minutes of us talking about our own teams. Um, time so to help we, you with your team. Yeah, time to help you with your teams. Uh, but also time to award our touchback player of the week, which goes to Jack Fox of the Detroit Lions, who had seven touchbacks. Congratulations for having the most kicks that made your opponent start their next drive 25 yards later. You kicked it really far. You kicked it with your feet. You're the touchback player of the week. Congratulations! We had the Seahawks and 49ers on Thursday Night Football. It looked, uh, as of the recording of this podcast on Wednesday, that Ken Walker is back. Uh, hopefully, he had a monster game. And yeah, they hopefully, beat him. Yes, hopefully, Gino also had a monster game, so I can win that uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. That game that will be truly embarrassing if i lose it and the reason i uh will be truly embarrassed if i lose it leads off our news 
That is because Kyler Murray tore his ACL on the third play of the game, non-contact, went down, carted off, immediately knew it was bad news. So Colt McCoy is now the starter, and he had quite a tough time of it through the rest of that game. Yeah, and it's hard to, obviously, Colt McCoy not usable for fantasy. Um, It's hard to necessarily say how it affects all the other pieces, but I also don't necessarily have a, I don't know if I necessarily had a good grasp of all the, where I kind of value all the pieces before Kyler got hurt. So, um, uh, yeah, just kind of gross. Stay away. Colt McCoy is serviceable, but not necessarily what we're wanting for fantasy. Uh, Every, player kind of decreases at, at least a tier um, yeah, there may as be, far as the Cardinals offense goes. There may be a little bit more for James Conner. He looked really good throughout the rest of the game. And Kyler's not much of a dump-off type of quarterback because he just runs it himself usually. So there may be some more uh, some more receptions up there for James Conner, but their scoring potential is going to go down significantly. So the touchdowns won't be there. Yeah. And for a player that I kind of view as a volume and touchdown based RB two, it's not a good thing for the touchdown potential to go down for Connor. Um, As for players like Deandre Hopkins and the other receivers. um, Yeah. Just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of their value, uh, whatever value they had at this point, is uh, diminished. So, yep. So moving on, we had some other big and small quarterback injuries. One of them being Russell Wilson, who left the game with a concussion. He did not practice Wednesday, and so Brett Ripien is the backup. And paired along with that, Cortland Sutton with a hamstring injury also didn't practice on Wednesday, so he will likely remain out. And Jerry Judy and Greg Dulcich will be the only two relevant players catching passes from potentially Brett Ripien. Lamar Jackson (laughs) continues to not practice recovering from his knee injury. This was expected to be a one to three week injury, and this is week two. So looking like it's leaning more towards three weeks. So unlikely to see Lamar this week against the Browns. And this next one is not particularly fantasy relevant, but Marcus Mariota suddenly has a chronic knee issue that requires surgery that came out of nowhere, and he'll be out for the rest of the season. In an unrelated note, the coaching staff is ready to see what Desmond Ritter has for the rest of the year. It seemed like this news kind of came in the wrong order as it uh, as it hit. <laughs> I don't know the internet. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more happening, I think, behind the scenes uh, and sort of starting to be more in front of the scenes, where it sounds like. Uh, Mariota more or less left the team after get, after the demotion, and um, it, it sounds like the, the chronic knee issue is more just a reason to get him on IR to open up a roster spot than it is, yeah, to actually treat a chronic knee issue. So, um, yeah, who knows if we will see uh, Mariota in the NFL, even in the NFL again. 
Um, for the most part, outside of like Cordero Patterson, most of the Falcons. Yeah, you're not starting any uh, of them. Anyway. Yeah, the the Falcons were largely unusable. There, there might be you know some sort of rushing baseline or something that Ritter provides to give him a floor, but you're certainly not. Uh, he's maybe worth a stash to see what what he's got and. He's obviously already rostered in Dynasty, but um, you're not you're not starting him even in, in like a two yeah in a, your playoffs even in like a two quarterback league. I don't think of outside of the most desperate of circumstances. Yeah, I agree with that. And two other quarterbacks that you're not going to start in those circumstances either would be Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph, who are the backups for Kenny Pickett, who left the game with a concussion and was limited on Wednesday. This is his second concussion of the year. But the limited practice seems like a good sign towards him playing, but it's something to sort of keep an eye on. I, With how the concussion protocol has gone, I don't really think that it's likely that he's going to play but he is progressing in practice a little bit but either way i actually really like the panthers defense on the other side especially if it's trubisky or mason rudolph who allegedly split reps today in practice so who knows who it's gonna be commanding that team Come on, let's get these Panthers into the playoffs. Oh my god. That's ridiculous. They you know they control their own destiny. If they win out, then they're in. There's nothing the Bucks can do. I don't know if you want that. I want chaos. <laughs> I want Tom Brady to be sitting at home in what could be his final NFL season watching, watching a sub five hundred Carolina Panthers team. I, I guess if they went out, I need to double check their record. If they went out, I think they might be I above five hundred because they're they're five. Yes, and eight right but now. a truly poor Carolina Panthers team with an interim head coach and Sam Darnold, yep, <laughs> um, as their quarterback, having traded away their best offensive player. I want Tom Brady sitting at home watching that in the playoffs. Probably while the Panthers win a home playoff game. I don't know about that. And weirdly, the couple of times that a, a... Well, you say I don't know about that. If we look at this historically... It's true, they always win. Not only does the like sub-500 team making the playoffs often win, like... It often catapults them to higher heights the next year. Yeah. So uh, what I'm looking at here is like the Seahawks um Beastquake. Yeah, the Beastquake game. That I think that was a sub 500 team. It was. They had 6 wins that season, I think. And um the and I think they they won like the Super Bowl the next year or mm-hmm. like you know doubled their or they were significant they they used it as a launching point the next year and the panthers when they went seven eight and one people always say that they were seven and nine that is incorrect (laughs) those people do not remember um they were seven eight and one um that team if i'm remembering correctly 
catapulted into the 15 and one 2015 Carolina Panthers, um, which of course lost in the Super Bowl. So, uh, all right. Yeah, Maybe you I, do I actually, that. yeah, I actually don't hate it if uh, a sub 500 Panthers team makes it to the makes it to the playoffs. Okay. I I want chaos though. That's I just want to watch the world burn. I want to know that Tom Brady is sitting home alone watching the Panthers play. Mm-hmm. I do um, like that image. And that's uh, it would open up the possibility of a Bengals Panthers Super Bowl, which would be quite an excellent and exciting <laughs> thing for this podcast. I'm not necessarily sure that in. <laughs> The Bengals part of that could be true. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily think they are the favorites to do this, but um, I certainly think that they are better off or better chances than the Panthers. So, Agreed. anyways, um, how did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> Panthers defense should be started in fantasy this week. That's how we got here. A couple more pieces of news. Ramon J. Stevenson has an ankle injury. I haven't been able to figure out the details of that to know what the longevity might be, but he was a DNP on Wednesday. And Damian Harris, coming back from a thigh injury, was limited on Wednesday. So he actually has a shot to return. If neither of them return, then Pierre Strong Jr. might have some play this week. And couple additional things here. Jeff Wilson with a hip injury, didn't practice Wednesday. All signs point to him missing, which is a big opportunity for Raheem Mostert. And then back to the Panthers, DJ Moore looked like he was going to be out for the rest of the season when he got hurt in week 14. And then he just practiced in full today. So I guess he's back now and going to lead your Panthers to victory. And the last couple, you know, the only other thing to mention is that there are Saturday games this week. It is the start now that college football has moved off of Saturday. The NFL can move in. So we've got Colts, Vikings, Ravens, Browns, and a game that we'll talk about in a bit. Dolphins, Bills, all on Saturday. So be sure to set your lineups a little early for players that are in there and get those players out of your flex. Um, this is unrelated to anything, but oh, Beastquake Beastquake has a its own Wikipedia page <laughs> um, that pops up if you search Beastquake. That makes sense. B, it is considerably longer than you would expect it would be <laughs> for a single NFL play. Hmm. Anyways, um, did, did you confirm if there they had six wins that season? They were seven and nine. I oh. did think six. I did think six was a little low. I was like that. I don't know if a team has actually ever done six wins. Uh, All right. Well, while you're playoffs. doing your preview, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up because I think they have. Um, maybe that, was there like an NFC East team that won won six games or something, or did they get up to seven? I don't know. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we're on fire today. Um, in honor of the playoffs starting, uh, we decided to, we are only going to do one fewer, uh, preview than we normally would. We would usually do six previews. We're going to do five. And the reason why is because in honor of the playoffs, we wanted to focus on sort of the blue chip teams of the NFL 
And as we were trying to make that list uh, of exclusively games that weren't Thursday Night Football related, mm-hmm. we only could come up with five teams that we truly believed were, <laughs> were that good. So um, I, the 49ers would have been on there assuming that uh they weren't on thursday even with their quarterback situation but uh unfortunately the football gods did not smile on us this week um so instead we are going to talk about the eagles the uh bills the chiefs the bengals and the cowboys and i'm going to get us kicked off with the eagles who are 12 and 1 uh, traveling to the Chicago Bears, who are three and ten, it is a forty-eight and a half point over/under, and the Eagles are favored by nine. Um, for the Eagles players, I think that this is a pretty straightforward game. Uh, you're starting pretty much every fantasy relevant player with a very little hesitance. Uh, Jalen Hurts is. Uh, probably the best quarterback play of the week. I think you might, yeah. uh, eh, there might be some debate as to maybe like, uh, I-, I think that maybe Josh Allen has a little bit more shootout potential. Oh, um, uh, there is the snow. I, he, I could very much see him, you know, rushing for 150 yards though that too. in the He's snow, snow proof. Um, Patrick Mahomes also has a, uh, has a good chance but uh, uh against the texans the team texans. where even despite despite them playing the cowboys tough this last week i suspect will not be competitive long enough for them to uh, for him to necessarily put up a monster fantasy day but uh with a 31 and a half point implied total that might still be the case um but so, yeah, Jalen Hurts is probably the best play of the week. Um, top three at worst. Um, AJ Brown, uh, back end wide receiver one, I think. Devontae Smith, uh, high end wide receiver two. Um, and then a player that I want to kind of give props to, and uh, I don't. I haven't listened to other fantasy shows as much. I know that he hasn't shown up on the more kind of uh, uh, kind of straight football um, podcasts that I usually listen to, the Around the NFL podcast and Mina Kimes and the, those sorts that are less fantasy rel- or uh, oriented. But um, just wanted to give props to Miles Sanders, who I think has had just a fantastic season so far this year um had zero touchdowns i think the entirety of last year if i'm remembering correctly and it has 11 this year so um it already has a thousand rushing yards um and has really i think stepped it up and i don't necessarily think has gotten the love that he deserves as kind of uh stepping up uh the way he has and obviously it's easier to do in a high-flying offense like this that is uh 
running back oriented, but in full PPR, he's the RB10 on the year, so he is an he is an RB1. He's consistently lower priced in uh in like daily fantasy. He uh the Yahoo fantasy leagues are half PPR by a default uh for daily. He's the RB8 in half PPR. Um and so in this matchup where and this is uh this is analysis I don't think that you will necessarily get other where uh, or elsewhere. I think he might be a top 5 play this week against Ooh. the Bears defense that gets or that allows the fourth most points to uh running backs. Now, this does probably mean that Boston Scott will have three touchdowns. <laughs> um as is the trend, but um yeah, I think that Miles Sanders is a fantastic play this week. I wish that he maybe got a little bit more love elsewhere. And um, yeah, I, I think coming off a game where he had 17 carries for 144 yards and two touchdowns, uh, I think that we very well could see another big day from Miles Sanders this week. Yeah, and I just wanted to chime in and say that you are correct that he did not have a single touchdown last year. He also didn't play in five games. So, I, I still uh, zero touchdowns in 12 games is still wild. Right. I think I forget all the metrics that I've heard where it's, uh, it's one of the biggest uh, seasons anyone has ever had with no touchdowns. Right. Yeah. Um, and reasonably placed in daily, as you said. So yeah. Uh, and and um, yeah, he's he's been very good. Has had several kind of explosion games. Um, the the touchdown regression in the positive, you know, positive touchdown regression. People were kind of preaching uh, to could come in the off season, and it's been very strong double digit touchdowns so far. Just so far. Uh, he right. could easily, I think, reach like 15 plus touchdowns this year. Um, and it's really good to see coming from him. So, um, uh, yeah, the wide receivers, great plays as well. Um, I, uh, I, I see sometimes like people say that they are interested in like flexing uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I don't know if he got hurt early in this game, but only one target for him. I'm not really interested in even rostering him. He very much just a kind of touchdown dependent play. Um, Boston Scott, similarly on just seven opportunities, he did score, but um, yeah, not I, I would not roster either of them be, uh, barring uh, a handcuff situation. Uh, Dallas Goddard is on IR, although he was reactivated. Um, and so could resume practicing and even, uh, playing very soon, uh, in his stead, real human being, Jack Stoll is not a tight end that's in streaming consideration. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to find something on Kenneth Gainwell. It looks like he played. I, so All right. Well, he had one target. And yeah. That was his opportunity. That's rough. 
so yeah, I I really think as while we're giving props, I really want to give props to Devonta Smith too, who has just yes. been pretty electric. That guy is so talented. And it's awesome to see him really coming into his own this season. And it's not like he had a bad year last year, but having AJ Brown on the other side of the field has really mm-hmm. opened up his opportunity and he's yeah great. And generally underpriced in daily as well. So this week he is only nineteen dollars, which I think he was only sixteen dollars the previous week. So um for a guy that has had no fewer than eight targets since like november started (laughs) right (laughs) that's pretty good i will say that if dallas goddard if you're in a league that doesn't have ir spots dallas goddard may be on waivers somewhere and is worth taking a peek at because he might come back and be pretty fantasy relevant maybe not this week but in the next couple weeks uh and with that Let's chat about the Bills, who we already mentioned are playing on Saturday against the Miami Dolphins in a 42-point over-under where the Bills are favored by 7.5 at home. And I have a big note here for the weather because it looks like it's going to be pretty gross. Not quite worst storm in a century, but (laughs) it's supposed to be in below freezing and lots of snow. And that is never good, especially for passing options in fantasy. Um, and uh, there's a running joke, of course, that our actual betting advice is usually pretty atrocious. <laughs> I like the I like the Dolphins to cover to seven cover. and a half in a yeah. divisional game in the potentially in the weather. I. I don't know. They yeah, are from I, Miami. I I, Do they even know they what snow are, is? But I. Well, Tua played at... No, he played at Alabama. I was thinking he played at Oregon for some reason. That's incorrect. (laughs) No, that's... uh, You're thinking of the other... uh, The Justin Herbert. uh, Yes. They did. Um, But... I don't I don't know. I, at least probably take the under. I know 42 points is not a lot, but if it's supposed it, to be cold and snowy and sure. sad, but I I a divisional game where the Dolphins like the Dolphins have not been very good the last couple of weeks, but I think they are good. Are are a good team overall. Um I don't think there's that much separation between the and especially because the bills have not have been a little wonky themselves yeah. lately so on miller's done I, for the year they don't have i him. like the dolphins to cover seven and a half we really should i we need somebody to go through and scrub the tape for our betting advice and see how we did because we intentionally it's don't not track great it. i don't think <laughs> but we don't know <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the weather could impact this game a lot. So definitely take a peek at that when you're setting your lineups this week. The only, I I think that you're not going to sit Josh Allen regardless, Mm -hmm. but I think he's the potentially the only auto start, which feels crazy to say, but Stefan Diggs should also be an auto start, but, (laughs) but you know, if it's windy, if it's snowy, then passing the ball gets challenging. So I think there's a threshold certainly that is crossed. If it's a blizzard, maybe you're sitting digs. I don't know how you do it in your playoff matchups week one, but if you have another option that is 
solid wide receiver two and what you need is just a solid baseline, then I could see pivoting from Diggs. Not recommending it necessarily, but if it's a blizzard, it it could be the floor exists that doesn't usually exist for Stefan Diggs. Is that at least fair to say for you? Yeah, I think so. I just can't fathom doing it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I can't fit I can't fathom a situation like I I don't know. If you want to pull up like some rankings and say like let's say there's 50 mile per hour winds or something would you t- versus a dome i don't uh, we could play would you rather but uh yeah i'm having a hard time necessarily thinking of uh, of uh a way that i have three I three wide receivers that are better than him because you're uh, going to be starting two plus probably a wide receiver in your flex. Yeah. I mean, Mike Williams. Now, Stefan Diggs. Uh, let's see here. Chris Godwin against Cincinnati. Yeah, I think still Stefan Diggs. Okay. Uh, well, then this isn't going to go well. Yeah. I mean, Chris Olave against the Falcons. I would still do Stefan Diggs. So I'd basically have to go up to like Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown. Right. But <laughs> that's, that's like the wide receiver six. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's, I think that Chris Godwin is a situation that if I had that, Chris Godwin has been so consistent that if the weather is really gnarly, I'd start Chris Godwin over. But you're starting Chris Godwin anyways. If you're not starting Chris Godwin, I don't really know what roster you have. Uh, so I guess I'm not... I guess you've convinced me that you're not sitting Stefan Diggs. But we've learned that maybe not just the weather, but also we learned last week that the Jets are really not good for the Bills because Stefan Diggs did only have three catches for 37 yards last week against this Jets team. Those are the two worst games by far from Josh Allen all year, which is great that he doesn't have to face them anymore. But it should be a really interesting divisional game, and I don't want to overplay the weather too much because we might get to Saturday and it might not have that big an impact. But if the weather does have an impact, I think you start Josh Allen. I guess you start uh, Stefan Diggs, and then that might be it. If the weather is not a huge impact, then I do think that... In this matchup, Dawson Knox is a player that you can play because the Dolphins are terrible against tight ends. And you can squint at Devin Singletary and you can start him. I think we learned last week that at least the potential for James Cook to completely overtake the backfield is not quite as imminent as we thought it might be. Yeah, my problem, my biggest problem with the Devin Singletary play is that you just kind of don't know when they're just kind of going to completely abandon the run. So like, is he going to have a 18 carry for 86 yards and a touchdown performance like he did against the uh, Browns or like, is he going to have a two touchdown performance like he did against the Vikings or is he going to have eight carries for 39 yards? Um, Like he has, Actually, in both games against the Jets, he has had exactly eight carries. So, wow. um, he, our 
and we have seen the points the Bills just kind of like, oh, okay, we're not doing that anymore. And Josh maybe Allen, it's just run. maybe it's just the Jets games are <laughs> are yeah. the worst. But he's had one, two, three, four, five, six different games under not or with nine or fewer carries. Yeah, it's a tough start. Not seem very good. <laughs> yeah, I will say that I, I agree with you totally there that Devin Singletary is a low end flex at best. And I think that Gabe Davis is also one of those players that is really, really risky to put in your lineup, especially if it's a little weathery. That he, he you know, he's just inconsistent. He can blow up on one catch, but it's much less likely that he does that if it's windy, if it's snowy. And so I think I'm definitely going to be sitting him down this week because you're bound to find better options with no bye weeks. And I think that might be it. It's Josh Allen and it's Stefan Diggs and it Dawson Knox if it's not too wintry. And beyond that, I just am excited for a snow game because <laughs> those are awesome and excited for a really impactful divisional game in the AFC. Yeah. Um So we are going to take a quick ad break and we will be back on the other side with some more previews. You've been listening to another fine, fine podcast on the Rumination Radio Network. This is Game Agent E.T. from Oh God, It Hurts. And we hope you keep on listening to our fine, fine podcast here on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. And we're back. So the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 10 and 3, are traveling to Houston to take on the Texans, who are 1 11 and 1. Just Ooh. beautiful symmetry. That's uh, yeah, a super palindrome. Yes. Um, it is a 49 point over under. The Chiefs are favored by a whopping 14 points. Um, although I will say the Cowboys were favored, I think, by 17 points last week and yep. won by three, including trailing late in the game. Yeah, like um, within the last 30 seconds, they won that game. <laughs> the Chiefs, as I mentioned earlier, have a 31 and a half point implied total. So uh, very. Uh, Vegas thinks they have very high scoring chances and I agree. And the question that comes to mind as we kind of teased earlier is that will the score get out of hand before the most relevant players get chances to have an impact? Um, for example, if a say, uh, Let's say a Noah Gray catches, maybe catches a touchdown and runs a reverse for another one. Sure. Um, what uh, what does that look like? <laughs> like what what uh, what does that look like for our other options in a game that we probably think will be a blowout? Yeah, it looks like um, a bad day for Travis Kelsey and others. Yes. Um, that said, I the players that you are relying on you are going to continue to play um isaiah pacheco i think is a um, totally fine uh kind of mid-tier rb2 he doesn't have a fantastic ceiling um not a whole lot of touchdown or receiving upside but i think he has a decent floor and against a um 
Texans team that has given up the most points to running backs. Um, I think we'll be completely fine in this game. We already talked Patrick Mahomes is a top three option. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the tight end one uh, every week, as long as he is uh, the Travis Kelsey that we are expecting. I think, again, I guess this is just the episode where I am uninspired or doubtful about top players. But I think that the Patrick Mahomes situation is a little bit scary. Again, though, you're not going to sit Patrick Mahomes, but last week, Dak Prescott, who had been playing pretty well, obviously not as well as Patrick Mahomes, but he had a down week against Houston because you just don't need to throw. So I think that there is a lower floor. Well, Dak did need to throw last right. week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't expect that. It, it, we've seen it happen consistently, you know, where the Texans give up the least amount of points to quarterbacks because you just don't really have to throw the ball. So I am a little wary about Mahomes, but I don't see a situation where you bench him. Yeah, maybe he doesn't have that same, like, I don't know potentially 40 point upside that he might have uh, on any given week. But I also have a hard time seeing how a player that already has 4,000 passing yards and 33 touchdowns, um, how that, that player is at least doesn't get you a usable fantasy day. Um, The kind of one of the more interesting players in my mind is Jarek McKinnon, who has uh, been very useful as a receiving back. Um, He had nine targets for seven receptions, 112 yards and two touchdowns this last week. So while uh, McKinnon does not necessarily have a lot of rushing upside, um, that receiving upside makes him, and I think we've maybe talked about this briefly, a borderline flex play. Um, he has three games where he's had at least eight targets. Um, and yeah, in a PPR format, that's, that's valuable. He obviously does have a zero point floor. Um, Mm-hmm. but I, the PPR upside at the running back position uh, makes him a viable flex. And uh, I don't have, let's see what well, his roster percentages. I'm guessing it's not 70, fantastic. It's actually 74%. He is highly rostered. Uh, that is up 12%. So he, right. before he went for a hundred. Yeah. When, when you have 112 and, and two, that you know that that percentage goes up there's still a one in four chance he might be available in your league um but uh yeah mckinnon is certainly in flex consideration uh maybe as far as game script this is not the best game for him because we're expecting them to just kind of need to run the ball instead of do dump offs but uh maybe as the backup running back he 
gets to run the ball more than six. Yeah, times. maybe maybe they do give him a few more opportunities this game if the game gets out of hand. Um, Juju Smith Schuster has, in my mind, uh, solidly claimed the Chiefs wide receiver one. Uh, yeah, role. yeah, yeah. Even if Travis Kelsey is the you know the valuable pass catcher uh juju is still uh, back end wide receiver two uh high end wide receiver three um mvs always has the chance to you know break off like a 75 yard touchdown catch he had one catch for 20 yards last week which means he's probably due for 75 yards on two catches and a touchdown. Um, I, I think that he's a viable flyer um, at uh, for like a flex. Um, and then if Kadarius Tony plays, I'm not looking to play him, even though he probably will be involved because we have seen them kind of try to work him in. He just uh, can. He's just not on the field a lot. Um, I will say Noah Gray He's not a player you are rostering, but uh, he's going to catch a touchdown and run in a reverse. He's yeah, he's well, he's often uh, he has been, I feel, emerging a little bit. It, the stats are not great, but it does still feel like every week there is a interesting play that Noah Gray makes um, three for 45 last week. Uh, not a player you're rostering, but I would not be surprised if maybe is more involved in the offense next year. Um, but yeah, the, uh, probably the player I'm most, ex- uh, I was going to say the most excited. Yeah. It's tough because obviously there are two players that are like the top of their position, right. but I, I am vaguely excited to start Pacheco against this defense. I think. Yeah, I think he's a great start for sure. One where he had been uncertain at points, but now he is just a lineup lock. The and again the the ceiling isn't great, but the volume is enough to where he has been a good a good play that has not killed you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a team that's full of only good plays except when they kill you. That is my favorite Cincinnati Bengals who are nine and four that are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road who are six and seven. Bengals are favored by three and a half. It's a 44 point over under last week. The Bengals demolished the Browns and Joe Burrow got his first career win against the Browns, which is kind of wild to say, (laughs) but T Higgins just was part of my absolute crumbling last week because he popped up with a hamstring injury midweek. Then he was off the injury report on Friday. And then Zach Taylor just decided, you know what? Just, just hang out T. I know you got your helmet on and and you're dressed and you got your Jersey. It's all clean. Let's just keep it clean today. Even though I didn't tell anybody I was going to do this and fantasy managers everywhere are losing their opportunity at the playoffs because of this, just you need to rest. I didn't feel like telling anybody else first, but I, I'm telling you now, 
So just just stand there and don't play football today. That's what happened with T. Higgins last week, which was pretty unfortunate. He he wasn't injured in the game. He he just never got into the game because he was hurt before. But then they said he wasn't, and then he was. So yeah, he man, I, this is the second time this year that Zach Taylor did it. So in this situation this week, I am so skittish to start T. Higgins, but he was limited on Wednesday. And you know, Zach Taylor said again, well, you know, situationally, we really we could have used T. Higgins if we needed to. And obviously they didn't need to against the Browns. And so it was a smart coaching decision to give one of your best players some extra rest. But it would have been nice if he would told us sooner. Anyways, that is my T. Higgins <laughs> rant. Uh, and Tyler Boyd actually did start the game and then left early with a dislocated finger that was pointed the wrong direction. Looked like he was supposed to be out a couple weeks, but he was limited in practice today, Wednesday. So now maybe he'll play. And I think they're going to need a full roster to deal with this defense of the Bucks. Even though as a team, they aren't great. Their defense is pretty solid. Um, And I don't know. Let's see. Do we know what? Um, okay, so Higgins was limited. Um, Let's say hypothetically uh, Higgins is ruled out, but Boyd somehow makes it. How do you view Boyd in that scenario? Is um, he just a kind of risky wide receiver three, maybe? Yeah, well, it's so tough. Is there additional upside if Higgins doesn't play? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely additional upside because Hayden Hurst is not going to play. And it, he said, it says he's doubtful right now, but Hayden Hurst is not going to play. And Mitchell Wilcox is the backup tight end. And he had two targets last week without Hayden Hurst. So he's essentially not going to play. And so if T. Higgins isn't there, Hayden Hurst isn't there, then I think Tyler Boyd has a real opportunity. But also, you need your fingers to be <laughs> located to catch the football. And so that does make me a little bit nervous, but I guess if he's cleared to play, then I think he is a a risky wide receiver three, but he does have some upside there. But there's a scenario where Jamar Chase just gets 15 targets and goes for 120 yards and a touchdown like he did this last week. Uh, Tyler Boyd should borrow some hands from former teammate hands for hands. He really should. Yeah, he's not using those hands up in New York right now, so... Answer hands could give some hands to Tyler Boyd. That's CJ Uzama, if I'm remembering correctly at this point. Yeah, that is CJ Uzama, who is now the backup tight end in year and a half old in reference. Uh, I love it. I miss hands for hands. We could really use hands for hands right now because hands for hands could use the Bengals, I think. (laughs) True. So that that is really the trickiest part in this matchup is. If T. Higgins, for me, if T. Higgins gets in full practices Thursday, Friday, then I'm okay starting him. If he continues to get limited practices, then I'm very wary, and I would try to find another option if you can. But the last time that this happened, Zach Taylor sat him down for a game, and then the next game he went out and played great. So uh, I don't know what to think, but T. Higgins is very good at football. So if he plays football, he's going to score fantasy points. But he might, they might tell you he's going to play football and then not play football. So I'm pretty scared. If he doesn't play football, 
then Tyler Boyd is going to borrow some hands from hands for hands, and he'll probably be okay. And you're starting Joe Burrow, and you're starting Joe Mixon, and Samaj P. Ryan was not the flex play that we no. thought he was. Well, I mean, he, he was, scored. He yeah, he so. scored, which which did save his day, but unfortunately, just eh, well, he did have nine opportunities, but only caught one cat pass. Yeah, out of out of five targets. Um. And I don't like him this week at all against the Bucks defense. Yeah. It's really stingy to running backs. I do think that you're starting Joe Mixon, but P. Ryan is not a flex play for me this week. And that's kind of, I mean, I've talked way too long about the, <laughs> the Bengals as is. I expect them to win. And I expect Joe Burrow to play well. And I expect Jamar Chase to be great like he always is. And the Buccaneers will be one step closer yeah to the to that watching Panthers the carolina first. panthers the first second i don't know when, whenever the real playoffs start the like secondish week of january mm-hmm. i did Post look it up bank of america stadium <laughs> uh there's never been rematch a- with the seattle seahawks <laughs> But yeah, quite possibly so. Uh, there's never been a six-win team that made the playoffs. I think your seven, eight, and one Panthers are the worst record. Incorrect. Or, uh, well, the seven, seven and nine. nine right, yeah, course. there were a couple we seven have, and nines. We uh, have an extra win on them, right. <laughs> or an extra half win on them. Yeah, that's true. I, for some reason, in my mind, the tie made their record worse. But the t- a tie is better than a loss. It is. You heard it here first. <laughs> The Dallas Cowboys wrap up our show. They are 10 and 3 taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars who are 5 and 8. It's a 47 and a half point over under. The Cowboys are favored by 4 and a half. Um the Cowboys I think again my my previews I feel are easy this week because everybody that's in play is in play. Uh, the Jaguars give up a lot of points, are in the top 12 to uh, every major position and fantasy points allowed. Um, so uh, Dak Prescott is a pretty easy quarterback one in my view. Um, even though uh, poor, poor Kyle Dvorak, uh, Dak has not thrown for 300 yards in, since week eight or week 16 of the 2021 season. I do think that that I, I, he had 284 last week. Um, so he wasn't that far off. Uh, they do seem to be kind of leaning on these two very dynamic running backs and Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. But, uh, in a game where the Jaguars have kind of, uh, been showing some things lately, I think that he might need to throw it more. And I even believe that he might. I will. I will predict that Dak Prescott has 300 passing yards for the first time in a year this week. Put it on our whatever prop bet thing that we never established (laughs) that we were going to. We just were talking about figuring out at the beginning of the year and never did. (laughs) Right. There's always next year. Yes. Just like my um, playoff hopes. There's always <laughs> next year. Um so yeah, I I think Dak has a good game in this uh in this case. 
both running backs are uh, are plays. Um, Tony Pollard back end running back one. Uh, Zeke a, probably more a high end running back two, but both have touchdown potential. Both have volume. Both have ex- or well, Tony Pollard has explosion. Zeke has volume and <laughs> touchdown potential but um is still i mean having a very uh, he's the rb18 on the year despite having missed two games so uh is doing perfectly fine for fantasy um the at receiver cd lamb a uh, pretty easy play especially if i'm thinking that dak prescott's going to get 300 passing yards uh dalton schultz uh tight end one yeah i mean it's hard not to be a tight tight end one literally like uh depending on your definition of a back end tight (laughs) yeah dalton schultz is more on the high end of the tight end one spectrum um the ancillary wide receivers are tougher um, Don't do it. I kind of is Noah Brown better than Michael Gallup? Like he seems to pr- be producing. Uh, he's like kind of that. No, I don't know what it is about Noah and a color in your name, but <laughs> oh, great, you, Noah Brown. you you seem to make a lot more plays than you should. <laughs> mm, there's some sort of secret sauce. Uh, I don't necessarily think you are playing Noah Brown outside of, you know, flyers and daily or Wait, but, Noah Brown um, or Stefan Diggs. <laughs> if it's weathery, <laughs> this is still a pretty easy Stefan. Di- I know this might be a controversial opinion. Uh, I think it's still Stefan Diggs. I, I had to think about it for a second, but um, I, I, I think it's Stefan yeah. Diggs. I will um, say this is the first time that Noah Brown this past week against Houston. First time he's had more than 10 fantasy points since week two in full PPR. So fair. That, that's tough to, to put him in your lineup in the playoffs. Even if Dak yeah, has a good game. Yeah, I don't like, I don't think you're playing him in season long. There are a bunch of dinner roll players that I would recommend above him. Uh, including probably Michael Gallup, but yeah, um, yeah I, I, Noah Brown is a player that I think is at least vaguely interesting in a vacuum. I think um, now they did sign T Y Hilton. <laughs> sure. Um, who who knows if T Y Hilton will be active? You're, there's a I, I cannot imagine a scenario where you play T Y Hilton. I if if suddenly every Cowboys wide receiver other than T.Y. Hilton was ruled out, I would not be I cannot imagine that scenario where you are playing T.Y. Hilton this week. Nope. Uh, um, and that's and, it. yeah, and how washed much must OBJ be if they decided to sign washed T.Y. Hilton over him? Like that's might just be a drama thing just like ty T. hilton doesn't get any buzz he's just gonna be a good locker room guy 
He's just going <laughs> to hang out. Well, it's a good thing he's a good locker room guy because he's not a good field guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Cowboys, again. That was a good joke. That mo- me up. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> we will end the show, uh, or at least the preview part of the show, on the high note that was that joke. <laughs> and move on to our speed round to wrap things up for good. All right. One of the ways that you can gain an advantage in the playoffs is by picking up your defense off of waivers one week early. So not the defense that you're wanting to start this week in week 15, but the one for week 16. And the most available solid start at defense, I think it's the Cleveland Browns who have a potentially bad matchup this week against the Ravens, even though Lamar's not playing. And so Tyler Huntley's starting. So maybe it's not so bad, but I still wouldn't necessarily advocate for them this week. But next week they get to play the New Orleans Saints. And in week 17, they get to play the Washington Commanders, both of which are top 10 matchups for your fantasy defenses. And the Browns D is only 23% rostered in Yahoo. There's some other teams that I like significantly more, but they are much more higher rostered. I really like the Titans, who play Houston next week. And I also really like Denver, who plays the Arizona Colt McCoys this week and the Los Angeles Baker Mayfields in Week 16. We also don't know now uh, if, speaking of defenses, uh, we have a new wrinkle in the streaming defenses. ecosystem i guess we'll say where we have no idea if desmond ritter can play the guitar to quote a dan hansisism um so true those rookie quarterbacks that we don't necessarily know of what they have uh they are they more often than not are in over their head for a little bit so uh add whoever the Falcons are playing onto your streaming radar as well. Um, For my speed at round item, I have somehow gotten a reputation as a Mike White hater. Uh, I think it's undeserved. Um, I've mostly just kind of pointed out that he's inconsistent. And I think averages more than an injury per game (laughs) sounds like a hater if you ask me um but um while i know that this take won't really help that i just wanted to like address what i think is maybe one of the most egregious overpriced dfs prices i've maybe ever seen um Mike White is the sixth most expensive quarterback on Yahoo DFS this week at an astounding $34. Now, we do have three Saturday games taking away players, but he is $34. For context, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow are $35. It's $1 different. Um. It's that's that's nuts. <laughs> I can't imagine just a scenario where I s- have the opportunity to spend one more dollar on Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna save that one dollar and go Mike White instead. Um, 
I, even with a matchup against the Lions, who we've picked on uh, so much for f- content this year, there's absolutely no way I think you can play that or pay that. Um, Dak is only thirty one dollars, and I think that he has a good chance of having guarantee. a really yeah, I I very seriously guaranteed <laughs> him to have three hundred passing yards. Um, he's only $31. He's cheaper. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, and you know, if you're particularly cast strapped when you're building your lineup, I don't really hate Tom Brady for $24 in a game that has at least, I know that their offense is not great, but it's still Tom Brady. And it's, uh, ha- there's some level of shootout potential against the Bengals. Uh, for twenty four dollars, which is only four dollars more than the minimum, I, that's worth a shot, I think. Um, or you can just pay an extra dollar or two for one of the true studs, like Justin Herbert's thirty six dollars. Like, do not, no, don't spend thirty four dollars <laughs> on your DFS lineup for Mike White. I don't. What are you? What are we doing here? Spoken like a true Mike White hater. <laughs> <laughs> uh for the record i agree with you wholeheartedly on that take uh chris moore last speed round item for us he's a wide receiver for the texans if you've never heard of him before but he should be in for a huge workload in a very positive matchup this week against the chiefs both nico collins and brandon cooks were out in week 14 and chris moore exploded for 124 yards on 11 targets against a really tough cowboys defense And this week against the Chiefs, he plays the fourth easiest matchup for wide receivers. And then if we're looking at next week, if Cooks and Collins continue to be out, and I think Cooks might be laying on a beach somewhere, you know, drinking mojitos. With Marcus Mariota. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nico Collins, I do expect to be back at some point this season. But if they both remain out another week, then next week they play the Titans, which is the easiest matchup for wide receivers. So I think that Chris Moore could actually be kind of a plug-and-play wide receiver league winner if he goes off for a couple weeks right now. Interesting. Um, And with that, that is our show. I'm Nick Luciano. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick G Luciano. And I'm Elijah Motika. You can follow me on Twitter at Elijah Motika. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter as well at 25YLFF. You can see Nick's daily breakdown thread of his values and buys that will not include Mike White on there on Sunday morning. <laughs> sure won't. <laughs> I, I might include him just to have, you know... Just a rant three, more. yeah just just rant a little bit more but uh as an anti recommendation i guess but um also be sure to check out elijah's weekly uh waiver wire thread as well um which has also been doing very well um although he didn't get a re- a quote retweet from denny carter from uh roto world this well, week i also that didn't was, tag uh, denny carter in my well, post that was he didn't have to respond (laughs) i was just citing him that was what you should do um anyways that is our show once again thank you for listening and we will see 
you 25 yards later. 25 Good luck in your playoffs. 25 yards later. Thank you for listening to 25 Yards Later, Ruminations Radio Network's fantasy football podcast. Audio editing by Mitch Proctor and music by Elijah Motika.